we are going to Ghana in November. Uh, our next generation church is going to be the first Thursday of November. Uh, I believe that's the second, right? The second, first of November. For November 1st is the first generation church of November. The only generation church united of November. <laughs> the first. Uh, and uh, it'll be a good time. So come on out the first. Uh, Pastor Claude Oliver is going to be preaching to us on the first. It's going to be good. I really encourage you to come bring a friend. Uh, hear from an anointed man of God. Um, so tonight I want to uh, preach on a message that um, I'm calling the way of a warrior. And uh, it's something that the Lord began to speak to me while I was in uh, Ukraine. I just got back on Saturday morning uh, from, from Bulgaria and Ukraine. And uh, we, we've been a few times to the nation of Ukraine um, and Bulgaria. This was our first trip. Um, and really, uh, both, well, Bulgaria, 70% of Bulgaria's history is, is been in slavery under someone's boot. And so their whole culture has been, they've been enslaved for 70% of their history. Imagine that. Ukraine, Ukraine, uh, people my age remember what it's like to be under Soviet control, not having freedoms. Uh, they, they, they didn't get freedom until 1991, right? So, so they are recently, uh, really, uh, the young generation is the first generation to come out of uh, oppression. So it's like this, this thing's happening in this nation. I'm going to talk a little bit about it tonight. Because uh, this is really where the Lord started speaking to me about having a slavery mindset. And then the difference between a slavery mindset and thinking like a warrior. And tonight I want to talk about thinking like a warrior, the way of a warrior. And um, we're going to look at the life of Joshua. And uh, some things in Joshua's life that, is, that, are, that are very key for us to walk in victory. There's something that Joshua was able to ascertain that he was able to walk in victory when the rest of a nation wasn't able to. He was able to walk in God's destiny and purposes when everyone else floundered and never walked into the fullness of God's plan. And so we can look at his life and pick out some key things uh, that, uh, that he did, that, that he lived that uh, helped him become really a warrior. And uh, really, Joshua, I mean, you look at the life of Joshua, it's no wonder he was like the, the next leader of Israel. It talks about how Moses was in the, in the presence of God in the tabernacle that they built, and the presence of God was there, and God was speaking to Moses. And it says that Moses went out of the tabernacle, but Joshua remained. He was a man after God's heart. He was a man that was passionate about the presence of God. Of course he became like the leader. You know, of course he became a warrior. He was a man that understood authority and understood how to respect authority. And there's, those are some key things, but that's really not my message tonight. But man, that's good stuff. I mean, understanding how to respect authority and understand how to stay under authority and uh, understand how to seek the presence of God is so key in our lives, and we can't take that for granted. But uh, tonight I want to talk about really our mindset and the way we think and how the way we think affects the way we live. The way you think and the thoughts that you dwell on will affect the way you live and if you will fully walk into your destiny and your purpose that God has for you. And we don't really sometimes really even think about that or even necessarily believe it. But there's a lot that goes on right here. So tonight in, in this message, I want to start off by reading uh, Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 13. The number 13 in Numbers. Uh, we're going to start off in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Numbers, chapter 13, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, right there at the beginning. Um, Numbers 13, verse 1. And we're going to pick up uh, the Israelites where we know the story. They were set free from slavery 400 and, 
uh, 20 years of slavery, and they're set free, and Moses and, uh, comes in, and it kicks butt, and God moves, and there's all these crazy miracles, and all these crazy signs and wonders, you know, and they come out, and the Red Sea parts, and they walk across, and they go out, and they meet with God at the mountain, and all this stuff happens, and there's food popping out of the skies every single morning, you know, and, and, and their clothes aren't wearing out, and there's, in the, in the daytime, there's a giant pillar, at nighttime, there's a pillar of fire, in the daytime, a pillar, like a smoke pillar, I mean, this is wild, they're seeing I mean, imagine seeing the, the in-your-face presence, signs, and wonders of God like that every single day of your life. Would it be easy for you to believe in God or hard for you to believe in God? It should be easy for you to believe in God, right? I mean, it's in your face. Your food isn't coming from a fridge. It's literally appearing from heaven, right? You're, you're, you don't, I, don't need a, I don't need a map. God's presence is literally there's a, a giant pillar of fire right there. You know, they're seeing these signs and wonders. They were rescued from slavery, from Egypt, by this crazy miracles of God, signs and wonders, uh, movements of God, plagues that God allowed to happen. And this is like miraculous stuff. And they, they went, I mean, you would not be able to be an, an Israelite, one of those 600,000, one of those Israelites saying, ah, there's no such thing as God. I mean, it was that in your face. You couldn't deny it. It's there. He is there. God was there. The presence of God was so there that people are afraid to approach him. I mean, it's just like God's here. Moses, they, I mean, they see Moses, and he's literally like radiating God's presence. He's like radioactive with God's presence because he's just glowing. And people are like, you're blinding us, Moses. Put a veil over your face. Like literally, he had to cover his face because his face was glowing. He was radioactive. He was just in the presence of God. You know, like this is like in your face, miracles, and, and they cross, they're, they're crossing the wilderness, and they come to the edge of the Jordan River, and there's the promised land. And God, the, the whole reason God rescues them out of Egypt, it wasn't so, hey, I'm going to rescue you out of Egypt so you wander around the wilderness for the rest of your lives and be miserable, and I want you to die miserable lives in the wilderness. No, no, it was, I want you to come out, meet with me, and then bring you to a place that's a good place, a land flowing milk and honey, he says, a land that is so rich, a land that the soil is like, you don't have to do anything. It just grows giant things. I mean, it's just like a good place to live. And he wants to bless his people. It's an inheritance. It's their destiny. It's God's purpose for them. He never intended that they would die in the wilderness. His intention is rescued out of Egypt, brought to the promised land. And so we pick up, and, and we pick up in the story where, where the Israelites are at the edge of the promised land. They're at the edge of the Jordan. And uh, in chapter 13, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Everyone say giving. He's giving to the children of Israel. He doesn't say, he doesn't say that you have to go and, 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 and take it. You have to go and, and, and uh, you know, you have to do all this horrible stuff. It's going to be forever before you get it. He says, I'm giving it to you. And yes, they're going to have to do something about it, but God's giving it to them. Now, if God says he's going to give you something, what does that mean? It means you have to receive it. It's not, like you have to, it's, it's not like you have to earn it. God's giving it to you. And God's giving him this land. So he says, pick out a spy from the land which I'm giving to the children of Israel. Uh, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send men, every one a leader among them. And uh, skip ahead to verse 17. He picks out all these guys. Moses sent these men, all 12 of them, one from each tribe. He sent these men to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up that way into the mountains. And see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. 
Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. It was the time of season that the grapes were ripe. So they went out and they spied out the land. And uh, they end up bringing back some massive grapes, by the way, like uh, grapes that they had to carry on poles because they were like the size of melons. Um, So we're going to skip to verse 25. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they're out there 40 days in the promised land. And they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. And uh, they brought back the word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they said to them, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, and they're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Caleb quieted the people because they start to freak out. Caleb quiets the people and he says, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it, they're giants. Verse 33, this is key. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Everyone say, own sight. It says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were grasshoppers in their sight. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and the whole congregation and said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Tonight I want to talk about our mindset and how having a warrior mindset determines if we will walk into victory, and how having a slave mindset determines if we will ever walk into destiny. And so, uh, if we're really going to be warriors, if we're ever going to really walk in destiny, the, the plan, see, first of all, I guess we have to establish this, God has a destiny for you. Do you believe it? God has a plan for you. It doesn't matter how, what you've done, it doesn't matter how far you've fallen, if you've walked away from God, if you've never come to God, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you, he has a purpose for you. His thoughts towards you are not evil, they're good, to give you a future and a hope. He has a destiny for you. He has a plan for you. Now you have to choose, am I going to walk into that destiny? You don't have to, it's your choice, but I'll tell you this, it's a good place. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The destiny that God has for you, the purpose that God has for you will bring more fulfillment, more joy, more life into you than anything else you can do. It's the plan and the purpose of God, and he has it for you. And so God has this plan for us, and he wants us to be victorious. He wants us to walk in victory. He wants us to walk uh, not as weak, wimpy Christians. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He wants us to be warriors. He wants us to be victorious. He wants to lead us into triumph every single time. He doesn't want us to walk around like we're beat up people. He wants us to walk with victory. And that's God's plan for our lives. That's God's destiny for us. That's why he sent his son to die for us. So we didn't have to wander the wilderness of sin. So we can get out and walk in victory. He wants us to be overcomers. To be more than conquerors. That's his destiny and his purpose for us. You have to believe it. You have to understand that. And so if we're really going to do that, the first thing we need to do is change our thoughts. I got two C's for you tonight and two R's. The first C, change. Change your thoughts. Change the way you think. 
You know, the first message that Jesus preached is the first message that John the Baptist, or the message that John the Baptist preached is the first message that Jesus preached. And John the Baptist was probably super excited. I was telling my youth group guys about this, man. If I preached a message and then Jesus preached that message, I would be like, I am the man. <laughs> Jesus is preaching the message I just preached. You know, John the Baptist was probably stoked. Yeah, I'm doing a good job. Jesus is preaching it. Jesus preached the first message Jesus ever preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you know, at, growing up in the church, in, in Christians, we all know the word repent means turn around, turn from sin. That's what we just know it as, turn, to turn around, to do a 180 and turn away from sin. But the word repent, if you actually look up the word repent, it, it's more than just turn around. It's actually change the way you think. The word repent is more than just turning from sin. It's your mind has to turn. Something has to change here. Not just your lifestyle has to change. This has to change. The first thing we need to do, if we're going to be warriors, we have to change the way we think. You see, this, is, this was the major failing of the Israelites. For f- over 400 years, they lived as slaves. And see, you don't, you don't understand in your mind what that, what that would do to you, but if you went to a culture like Ukraine or Bulgaria, you would see a slavery mindset. Because you see, for generations and generations, this is what happens to slaves. You're nothing, you're worthless, you're nobody. I will beat you down, I will put my boot on you and stomp you. You're, you're more worthless than, than dogs. They treat you like trash. That's what they do to slaves. Eventually, that person is broken to a point of believing the words that they're spoken. They, they start to believe what's they're, that's spoken over them. So now, what we're finding in, in Ukraine and in, in Bulgaria, I, I meet these people, and, and, and they believe that this is impossible. God's command, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's impossible. Why is that impossible? Because we're nobodies. Now, you're thinking like a slave. A slave thinks like that. Because we're not strong enough, we're not good enough, we're not big enough. No, no, no. You're thinking like a slave. You see, all of the Israelites, they were treated like slaves for so many generations that they actually believed that they were nothing, nobody's worthless. God didn't believe that about them. God said, you're my children. I'm rescuing you. And so the children of Israel were freed from slavery, and yet they still thought like slaves. I'll show you how I know this. They get into the land that God is giving them, he says. It's a land that he's promised them. It's for them. It's their destiny. And what do they say about it? They say it's a good land, but we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. They saw themselves as small because they were thinking like slaves. They were thinking like, like men that had been beat down. They weren't thinking like warriors. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they didn't have the same thoughts. Something had changed here. So we have to change the way we think. Just because you've been rescued from sin and slavery of sin doesn't mean the job is over. This has to change. Because you see, if this doesn't change, you're going to go right back to the very thing that enslaves you. And so here is the Israelites at the edge of the promised land. And what do they want to do? Go back to the thing that enslaved them. Oh, we wish we had died in Egypt. We wish we were back in Egypt because they were thinking like slaves. You see, it's one thing to pray a prayer and repent. And, you know, we serve a very merciful, awesome God. He not only washes our sin, he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin. And he rescues us out of slavery. And that's salvation. But we still have to be having this changed. This has to repent. 
And, and that's what, see what happens is, is we, we get saved. How, I, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many times have, have you walked away from sin, repentance, right? You've walked away from sin, and then all of a sudden you find yourself back in the very thing that you walked away from. That's because this didn't change. Because something here is saying that's still good. Because something here is saying that's still attractive. Because something here is saying there's rewards there. This has to change. Something here has to change if we're going to walk in victory. You see, Joshua and Caleb, they said, oh, no, no, we don't want to go back there. We want to move this way. Something had changed. But the rest of them, we want to go back. The Bible says going back to sin is like a dog returning to its vomit and eating it. That's a pretty picturesque thing. And every time I go back to my sin... It's like a dog eating its own vomit. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Every time I return to my sin, I'm going back into something that enslaved me and trapped me. And, and when we look at it, when we step back and look, why would we do that? But yet we do. It's because something here has to change. And every time, I mean, there's so much that happens with our thoughts, so much that our thoughts determine. You know, most people, and this is the second C, is control, captivate. We have to change our thoughts, but then we have to control our thoughts. And most people don't control their thoughts. Their thoughts control them. Prison is filled with people that let their thoughts control them. Their thoughts said, kill that person. All right, I'll kill him. I hate him. Their thoughts said, rape. Their thoughts said, murder. Their thoughts said, steal. And they let their thoughts control them. You got to control your thoughts. Actually, Pastor Alex quoted the beginning of this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, that the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They're mighty in God. And part of the reason that we have these weapons is for the controlling, the captivating of our thoughts. Take your thoughts captive. The Apostle Paul says, take your thoughts captive. Literally means stick your thoughts in prison and lock them up. How often is your mind thinking something that has nothing to do with anything? Or nothing to do with God. Even tonight in the last five minutes, what did you think of that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about? Because I know every single person here did. Because our mind is crazy. You probably thought some crazy stuff. And some of you guys were thinking about some of the girls here. And some of the girls probably thinking about some of the guys. And some of the guys were probably thinking about, I wonder if anyone smelled what I just did. And, and, and you know, like, y- your thoughts are just like, y- you're thinking about what I, I mean, earlier tonight, I found myself thinking, I'm really hungry for lasagna. I'm like, what? I'm in church, (laughs) you know, like our mind is crazy. We have to learn how to control this thing. And that's just funny stuff. You know, we think funny stuff at funny, funny times. And if you actually started to pay attention to what you think about, it would probably make you laugh because we think about just weird stuff. We do. And if we could read each other's thoughts, we, we wouldn't want to see each other ever again (laughs) because, because you got weird thoughts going on. (laughs) So, so God, God sees our thoughts and he probably laughs a lot. But, um, it's one thing to have funny, weird thoughts, but it's a whole other thing to have thoughts that are saying, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'm worthless, I'm a sinner, I'm a loser, I'm crap. That's how a slave thinks. See, God wants to rescue us out of a mindset of slavery. He doesn't want you to think that you're worthless. He doesn't want you to even th- to, to think I'm a sinner. Now, he rescued you out of sin. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin. He doesn't just cover it. You know, in the Old Testament, they would have to sacrifice a lamb, and it would atone or cover their sins. No, we have a God, a lamb, that not just covers us, but he takes away the sins of the world. And he doesn't want us, after he takes away our sin and saves us, he doesn't want us walking around confessing in our mind, I'm a sinner, I'm a loser. No, no, I'm not a slave anymore, because he who the Son set free is free indeed. 
So I'm not going to walk around saying, in my mind, I'm a slave to sin. No, I'm free from sin. There's something here that's enticing me and trying to drum. No, I'm free from sin. And how many times do you think about yourself far less than what God thinks of you? That's wrong. You need to repent. You need to repent. Repent is change the way you think. If you think of yourself as worthless, God doesn't. You need to change the way you think. See, this is, this is the thing. God thinks about us, that we are the children of God, that we're the apple of his eye, that we are a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, set apart people, chosen people. I mean, God has these thoughts towards us that are so good and so awesome to give us a future and a hope. That's what God thinks about us. God doesn't think, like, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're not gifted. I screwed up when I made you. Your hair color is kind of screwed up. You should change it. You don't have enough muscles. You should get some. God doesn't think that about us. He made you the way he wants you. We think that about us. We do. We see something that we like or something that the world says is good looking and we think that we're not good enough and we have to make ourselves that way. That's not what God thinks about us. So our thoughts are way less than what God's thoughts are of us. The other problem is the opposite direction. It's like a pendulum. The other problem is our thoughts are higher than what God thinks of us. That's called pride. I am the answer to this world's problems. I am the hope of this nation. I will change everything. I will lower the levels of the ocean. <laughs> Sorry, just quoting a president. Um, that's uh, <laughs> just quoting. It's true. That's called pride. So thinking, thinking, thinking that putting thoughts, having thoughts that are above God's thoughts are wrong, and then having thoughts that are below God's thoughts are wrong. I, I want to think God's thoughts about me and about you. We have to change the way we think. We do. Because how often do you think of yourself as worthless or less or nobody or I can't do it when God doesn't think that about you? He doesn't. I thought that way for years. It was like a stronghold in my life. I was enslaved by my own worthless thoughts. Something had to change here. I had to hear God's thoughts for me and then I could make them my thoughts. And so there's so many times I find young people, I find old people, I find Christians that are trapped enslaved by sin or enslaved by low self-esteem or enslaved by like this, this I can't do it attitude because they believe it here and they think it here. That's got to change. We have to repent. It's the very message Jesus preached, change the way you think. You know why he was saying that? And you know who he was saying that to? He was saying that to the church, Pharisees, the church leaders, the pastors, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, these guys knew the scripture. They knew it. I mean, they knew every word. These guys were like studied men. They knew, the, they knew it wasn't the Bible that we know. It was the scripture. And they, I mean, they were like scholars of the word. They were the church leaders. You know what Jesus is saying? Change the way you think. Because if you don't change the way you think, you're going to miss everything I have for you. The kingdom of God is right here about to be poured out on earth. And you're going to miss it if you don't change the way you think. And you know what they did? You know what they didn't do? They didn't change the way they thought. Because here's Jesus in their face right there. And what are they looking for? Jesus. Where's Jesus? The Son of God's coming again. But they didn't change the way. They, they thought he would come riding on a chariot with swords and just kill everyone and take over the world or something. I don't know what they thought. But here's Jesus in the flesh in their face speaking to them. 
But because they didn't change the way they thought, they missed the very kingdom of God right there. And the Israelites, in their face, they have miracles, signs, and wonders in their face. But they didn't change the way they thought. They, they thought, we can't do this. What they should have thought is, look at everything as God has, look, look at all these miracles. Look what God has done. We can do this. We are well able to take the land. In your life, how many times do you think, I can't do it, I'm worthless, I, I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes? And God's saying, get over it. Get out of Egypt. Move on. You do have what it takes because my spirit dwells in you. Young people, listen to this verse. The very spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. And we walk around saying, we can't do it. Do you know who you are in the kingdom? Do you know what is in you? Do you know who is in you? And we walk around defeated, conquered, overcome. We are more than overcomers. We are more than conquerors. We're not supposed to walk around defeated and and. and looking back towards slavery. We're supposed to be walking in our inheritance and in our destiny. Every place the sole of my foot touches, I possess it. We're supposed to walk around with authority. And instead we're thinking we can't do it. We don't have any authority. There's so much that needs to change here. If we're going to walk into the destiny that God has for us, if we're going to walk with authority that God has for us, this has to change. And so we have to change the way we think, and then we have to control the way we think. We have to take our thoughts captive. You know, the Bible says, Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says that as a man thinks, so he is. As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. There's so much that your mind determines in your life. The Israelites are thinking, we're like grasshoppers. You know what it says? Listen to this. We saw giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we became grasshoppers in their sight. As you think, so will you be. You think you're a slave to sin, you're going to be a slave to sin. This right here has to be transformed. This right here has to be changed. This right here, we have to change the way we think. We get trapped in, in, in slavery and God's saying, walk in victory. Stop thinking like a slave. Stop thinking like, like someone that's oppressed. Start thinking like a free man. Start thinking like a warrior. And so in Ukraine, you know what's happening in Ukraine? Ukraine right, right now, there's a generation that, that, that has coming out of oppression. For generations, they've been enslaved and in oppression. And there's a generation now that is beginning to say, we are well able to take the land. We're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. For the past two years, we have been able to be part of bringing Ukrainians to the nation of Ghana. It's making national and international news in Eastern Europe. International news, because this has never been done before in the history of the nation, where people left Ukraine and went on missions trips into, into different parts of the world. I mean, this is like huge news. It's such big news that they're on the nation's biggest secular news stations, like our CNN. They're on the, the nation's biggest news stations, because six Ukrainians went on a missions trip to Africa. It's made such news that they've had phone calls from Kazakhstan with Kazakhstan Christians asking, can we join your mission trip to Africa? They've had phone calls from Poland, from Polish people saying, can we join your mission trip to Africa? It's making news across Eastern Europe. I mean, this is wild. What's happening is there's a generation that's beginning to say, we can do this. We are well able to take the land. We're not slaves to sin. We're not slaves to oppression. We're going to do this thing. We're going to go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's exciting. And you bring it down to, I mean, that's like this crazy large-scale thing that's affecting nations. Bring it down to you. 
And how often do you not walk in God's purpose for your life because you don't think you're good enough or you don't think you can do it or I don't have the money or I don't have the, uh, the, the knowledge. I don't have the skills. I'm too young. I've heard all those excuses. I'm a sinner. I've screwed up too much. <laughs> and we let our thoughts determine our future. We got to change the way we think. We need to captivate, take control, stick our thoughts in prison. When they're running wild, control them. It's easier for guys than girls for the most part because girls' minds are crazy. They are. That's true. I can literally right now, in front of all of you guys, right now, I literally can stop and think about nothing. I'm serious. I could turn this thing off right now. I'm, I'm just good. I can just zone out. And literally in front of all of you, just think about nothing because I'm a guy. And we have this, some people call it a nothing box. Other be- people call it an idiot box. We just were able to turn things off. My wife will come up to me and be like, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And when we first got married, our first year and, year and a half of marriage, she would get really frustrated with me because she thought I would, just didn't want to talk to her. Like, no, literally, I'm thinking about nothing. Now you have to be thinking about something. You're alive. No, no, no I'm literally thinking about nothing. Now you're thinking about something. I'm thinking about how I want you to shut up right now. I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> like, I'm not, literally, my mind is off until you just turned it on. Thanks a lot. I, wanna, I just want to stop thinking right now. Like, guys are able to do that really easily. Now, my wife will be, like, sleeping, and I can see her, like, moving. Like, she's still thinking. Like, like, like it's great. Like, what are you doing? Talking in your sleep. Like, like, just don't stop thinking. Like, man, women, like, girls, you think, like, I can, like, I, can, I can say something, and you're going to be thinking about something that has nothing to do with anything I said in, like, seconds. Like, your mind just does crazy stuff. And, and, and that's all fun and, and, and cool and everything, but here's the problem. If we don't learn how to control that, it's very destructive. It can be very beneficial because God created this. Do you know that a mind surrendered to God is, like, this awesome weapon, this awesome tool? See, because God created you in his image— that means you're not worthless, by the way. It, it means you're not horrible. It means you're not crap. Because if, if you're saying you're crap, you're saying God's crap because you're in his image. You're reflecting him. You're like a mirror reflecting God. And so when you look at each other, you're actually looking at kind of an image of God. He made you in his image. So, so uh, you know, every time I say that I'm worthless, I'm saying, well, God must be worthless because I'm in his image. And, and so God wants us to think not, not thoughts of that, that, that we put in our in our minds, or thoughts that other people put in our minds, you know, because that can be pretty destructive too. I mean, how often do you dwell on somebody else's thoughts? Like, you got to be better at this, or you got to do this different, or you're not good enough at this, or you, you don't, or we, we let the thoughts of a magazine, or the thoughts of a movie, determine what we feel about ourselves. You know how many young girls I know that feel like crap, and think that they're crap, because they saw some girl that seriously needs to, I think she lives in Ethiopia and hasn't ate in like 50 years. She needs some of that nutty buddy stuff that we had at the 70 hour, 30 hour famine, you know, that that peanut butter, yeah, pumpy nut, you know, like I'm like, you're way too skinny. That's scary. Actually, there's a, there was this newspaper, uh, I don't know if it was 17, one of the girls' newspapers, one of my uh, college age girls was telling me, an article just came out saying that if you are a size seven or over, you're a plus size. I'm like, wow, that sucks for a lot of girls. (laughs) Like, like what, what is that? And yet there's people that are going to read that and believe it and feel like crap because of it. And they're going to let that become the, their thought life, and it's going to determine how they live. That's sad, because what does God say about you? I love you. You're in my image. 
And so there's this, there's this voice of a culture and a voice really of Satan that's trying to destroy us. And he's speaking into a generation and trying to get you to believe what he's saying. And so you've got to choose what thought, what words am I going to hear and dwell on? And so we have to have our thoughts changed. We have to have our thoughts controlled. And the next thing we need to do is we need to have our thoughts renewed. We need to be transformed. The Bible says in Romans 12 to be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. My mind needs to be renewed. Your mind needs to be renewed. We need our minds renewed. You know what renewed means? It literally means renovated and restored. I thought of uh, my man Ty. And because uh, he's the man, the Ty Pennington, and uh, you know, like you guys know, Extreme Home Makeover, you know, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Come on. All right. So like, they go into like these broke down, like my house was, like broke down, falling apart, wreck dump of a house, and they restore, renovate the whole thing. It's just like I'm doing something new. So we bought our house as a foreclosure that hadn't been lived in in five years. Every the pipes were burst, ceilings, like the ceiling is on the floor. <laughs> Something's wrong with this place. I mean, we got it for dirt cheap. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we didn't pay a lot for it. But I, I was a smart young man. Cause so I, I picked, like, the most expensive neighborhood in Painted Post where all the doctors lived. And I found the piece of crap, the, the, like, the worst house in the neighborhood. Because I figured, why not buy a really horrible house in an expensive neighborhood and make it nicer? It's working. And uh, my house has doubled what I paid for. And uh, so we, we buy, it's called renovating. It's called renewing. It, it, it increases the value of something. And so, so we need to have our minds renovated and renewed. And so we went into this house of ours, and, and uh, you know, like everything's falling apart. We have had to change all the walls, all the floors, bathrooms, plumbing. I mean, everything is just, everything's a wreck. I've learned so much. Every window I've replaced, uh, the roof I've replaced, I've ripped out skylights, everything you can imagine. I ripped out sidewalk steps, put new steps in. I mean, it's just like a mess. And, uh, like the work of renewing is a serious work. And it's not a one-time, like, boom, it's done work. It's an ongoing, it's a process that has to happen. But it increases, it increases the beauty, it increases the value, it increases the, the, the attractiveness of a house. And so in our minds, it, the Bible says we need to be transformed by the renewing of your, our minds, which means Either we have to go into our minds and change everything and renovate everything, or we have to really depend on the Spirit of God to go into our minds and change everything and renew everything. See, we need our minds renewed. Because, see, like, your mind right now, uh, if you could look at it, if we could look at each other's mind, we'd probably be like, wow, your mind looks like a foreclosure. (laughs) Seriously. Like, how often is your mind like a wreck? How often is your thought, like, you can't even think straight because your mind is a wreck. Your thought life is a wreck. Tonight. I mean, if you really pay attention to your thoughts tonight, I mean, I, I, I came here tonight dealing with some very hard things the past couple of days, some very heartache kind of things as a pastor I'm dealing with. And uh, they, they're the kind of things that just rip your heart out when you see, uh, see people make some decisions. And, and so last night, I break down crying. Last night, uh, and then I didn't sleep most of the night. And then today, break down, just uh, weeping. And I came here tonight with condemnation in my mind and heart. Not because I sinned but because something in me was saying you failed. Because that person you invested in for all of their life has walked away, has, has messed up, has screwed up, and you failed somewhere. That's condemnation. It's a voice of condemnation. And so there's something trying to penetrate my mind. You know what my mind needs still? It needs renewing still. And I'm standing in the back, and I realize, holy cow, 
My mind is still trying to get me to believe something that I'm a slave to sin. My mind is still trying to get me to think that I'm trapped in Egypt. Still. And we start to, Alden starts to sing a song about chains being broken, about God always being there. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me, and I'm standing in the back here. And one word from God will deliver you from a mindset of slavery. That's all you need. Boom. And everything changes. Boom. And my whole countenance changed. My whole heart. And, and, and this is what the Lord actually spoke to me uh, tonight. This is a thought of condemnation. If you condemn yourself, if you think that you're worthless, if you think that you're screwed up, that you're not good enough, listen to this. This is what the Lord spoke to me back there. Uh, it's in 1 John 4.20. Uh, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. If you're condemning, if your heart's condemning you, if you're thinking, I'm condemned, I'm worthless, God is greater than your heart. He's greater than your feelings. He's greater than your thoughts. He has higher thoughts. How often do we hinder ourselves because we think we're not good enough or because we think we need to change, control, and have our minds renewed, have our minds renovated? And that second R there, renew, we need to rethink. Not rethink our thoughts. We need to rethink his thoughts. We need to renew our thoughts and then rethink his thoughts. That's the word meditate. The word meditate is in Joshua chapter 1, actually, is Joshua is about to go into the promised land. Here's this warrior. Oh, by the way, all of the uh, Israelites, they never made it. They died in the wilderness. All those people that saw themselves as slaves, as grasshoppers, they died, never walking into their destiny. Young people, I don't want to see you in 20 years dealing with the same sin issue, enslaved to the same issue that you were last week. It's time to walk out of Egypt and into destiny and into purpose. And why is it that I can talk to 50 and 60-year-olds in my church that are still dealing with the same fear issue that they dealt with when they were little girls? And I talk to a a 55-year-old woman. I'm not kidding you. A 55-year-old woman in my church, believer, awesome woman of God, who's still dealing with fear because when she was six years old, she got in an accident. And still dealing with the same fear. Something here needs to be changed and renewed and restored. Something here has to change because you're still enslaved in Egypt and God does not want you living in fear. He doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but you're trapped by it. You see, here's the thing. If we don't get proactive with this, if we don't start to get serious with the way we think, we will be controlled by our thoughts rather than controlling our thoughts. And we will end up 20 years down the road dealing with the same issues. Why is it that I can talk to men that are in their 40s and 50s and they're still dealing with pornography that they started dealing with when they were 11, 12, and 13 years old? Why is it that I can talk to women that they they still feel the condemnation because they got an abortion at 13 and now they're 40 and they still feel that and they're still trapped by it? God has healing and restoration and renewing for us. And why do we live in that place of condemnation? It's time to come out of Egypt and out of a place of condemnation and walk in victory as warriors and take the land and take the destiny that God has for us. It's time for us to walk in purpose. So the question is, is where are the Joshuas and the Caleb's? Are we going to walk around saying, oh, we're puny grasshoppers and we don't have what it takes? No, I have the same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of me. Do you know who you are? Do you, if Christians knew who they were in the spirit, they wouldn't walk around defeated. They would stand up as warriors. They would stand up as victors and they would take the land. You see, here's a whole generation, 600,000 Israelites that never walked into their destiny because they were believing they were nothing. 
and they died in the wilderness. And how many Christians exist right now on this planet that aren't walking in victory and authority because they believe they're nothing? Do you know the authority that you have? You have the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and no weapon formed against you will prosper. We shouldn't walk around with our heads hung. We should walk around because he is the lifter of our heads. We should walk around like victors. We should be more than overcomers, more than conquerors. And it's time for us to begin to believe that in our minds, not because we're awesome, not because I have everything, but because the spirit of God dwells in me. Because he who the sun set free is free indeed. It's not because of me, it's because of him. And I'm going to walk in victory because of him. And it's time for us to believe it and start to walk in it. And if we don't, we're going to be trapped in the same sin that trapped us before. And we're going to return to the same vomit that was there before. We have to start to get something here and change something here and have this renewed. And then we need to begin to rethink his thoughts, hear his thoughts, and believe his thoughts. You know what God says to Joshua as this mighty warrior is about to cross the Jordan into the promised land with all of the Israelites, a new generation of warriors? He says, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Don't think that you're a wuss. Don't think that you're a wimp. Be strong and of good courage. And listen to this, Joshua 1, verse 8. The book of the law shall never depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. You know what meditate is? It means think and then rethink and then rethink and then rethink and rehearse and rehearse and rethink and rethink. You know what God says to Joshua? Joshua, you're about to go into a land that's filled with giants. Be strong and of good courage and rehearse my word in your mind. Think about it all the time. Young people, if you want to walk in the destiny that God has for you and the purpose that God has for you and walk like victors and walk like like warriors, you know what you need to do? You need to hear God's thoughts for your life and rehearse them in your mind. Instead of meditating on what the culture says you are, instead of thinking about what the magazines say you are, instead of meditating and thinking about what someone else says you are or what you say you are, what does God say you are? God says you're a child of God, you are a royal priesthood, you are chosen, you're holy, you're pure. That's what God says you are, and our own mind and our own hearts condemn us, but God is greater than our hearts. We need to stop believing what our own thoughts say, what the world says we are, we need to believe what God says we are. Do you know who you are? And that comes down to the very question, if you knew who you are, man, if, you, if we knew who we were, we wouldn't walk back into Egypt. We would walk into the promised land. We would walk into destiny. We would walk into God's plans. You know how many young people I've talked to? I've talked to so many young people that, that are you going to go on a mission trip? No, I don't have enough money. Do you know who God is? Are you going to, I had someone, I'm, I can't come to youth group anymore because I just can't get free from sin. That is a crappy excuse. Do you know who you are? I'm a sinner. Why do you believe that? Let's break out of that and come free from that. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And it's time for us to start to walk in that victory. Not walk around defeated, not walk around beat down. We need to start to think like warriors. Think like overcomers. Not to look back at Egypt and say, ah, I wish I was back there. There's nothing good back there, guys. Man, if right now in your life you're wondering if you want to serve God or not, let me tell you, there's nothing good back there. I have seen so many people go back to Egypt. And then they come back hurt, wrecked, 
wishing they never did leave. Don't do it. If you have, if you're heading back towards Egypt right now, come back. Come back and serve God. Come back and seek God. And he's merciful, he's just, and he's cleansing us from all unrighteousness. And if, if right now you're kind of at the edge of the wilderness, the edge of the promised land, Maybe God has spoken something in your life and you kind of know God has something for me. Maybe he's given you a vision or a purpose or, you know, that you know that God wants you to do something. Or maybe it's, maybe it's something like telling someone about Jesus or going on a missions trip or going to a certain college or God really has given you direction in your life and you're at the edge of this and, and you're about to walk into it. Don't let this stop you from walking in God's purposes for your life. Don't let this hinder you from walking in, in destiny that he has for you. I have seen so many people that never walk into it because this stops them. Because they believe a lie. You know how many lies are being said right now in our culture and in our generation, in our nation? They're everywhere. Lies, just constant. In our music, in our magazines, in our movies, in our news. What are you going to believe? This is what I'm going to believe. I need to rehearse it, meditate, rethink get it in me and believe it. So if you have an identity crisis right now and you're not really sure who you are, look at what God says. Don't ask your friends, what do you think about me? Their thoughts are not as good as God's thoughts, even if they're a good friend. You could ask your mama, and you know, every mama loves you. <laughs> you know, like, like my mama, I could be like the worst kid in the world, and my mama would be like, I love you. Actually, my mama would scare the crap out of me now that I think of it. But uh, my mom would be like, get your act together, boy, whack. You know, like, my, my mom's awesome. <laughs> like, you don't mess with my mom. <laughs> you, could, you could ask your pastor, you know, like, pastor, what do you think about me? You know, your pastor's thoughts aren't even as high as God's thoughts. You know, like, there's no, like, man or woman on this universe that, that's as high as God's thoughts. You want to know who you are? Ask God who you are. Find your identity in him. Find out who you are in him. Not according to a magazine, a, a, a newspaper, you know. Like, find out who you are in God. Let your identity come out of that. Think of that. Meditate that. Let it dwell in you. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are just, whatever things are noble, of good report, think and meditate on these things. There's a whole list there. Like, meditate on them. Think about them. Rethink them. I mean, if we, if we, if we had this change, things would go so much easier. So uh, here's the challenge, because this is not like a, like we're going to pray a prayer tonight, and then like you're going to walk out of here with like the mind of Christ, and, and you're never going to have a, a thought of struggle ever again. I actually have like a, a mind anointing tonight that uh, is going to come on us, and, uh, and, and your mind is going to instantly be like transformed. It's going to be instant, you know? No, this isn't like, this isn't like some kind of like instant like boom, it's done thing. Renewing is a process. It's restoration. It's renovating. It's this process. And so, you know, you got to kickstart it. You know, here's the thing. You've been freed from Egypt. You have. If you ask Jesus into your heart, you are freed. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing where I say I can't just pray a prayer and this is over. This takes control. This takes you being proactive. This takes you taking, taking control of your thoughts and saying this is who I am. And I'm not going to believe the, the voice of condemnation. I'm not going to believe the voice of lies. I'm going to believe that I am who God says I am. And you have to get serious with your mind and, and taking control of your thoughts. 
So tonight, I, I want you to stand up. Uh, we're going to pray here. Um, God's plan for us isn't that we would walk beat up and, uh, as slaves. God's plan for us is that we would walk in victory. He wants us to be more than conquerors. He wants us to be uh, victorious. And uh, he wants you to walk in this purpose and this plan that he has for you. And you might not even know what that is yet. But I'll tell you this right now. If you continue to think that you're worthless and you continue to think that you're crap, you continue to think that you're not good enough, or, you know, the other edge of the other side of the pendulum, if you, if you continue to think you're the best thing in the world, <laughs> you know, you're going to be hindered from God's destiny and purpose. And, and the, the wild thing is, is that tonight, see, I know just by looking, because the, the eyes are kind of that window to the soul, by the way, and you can, you can learn a lot just by looking in someone's eyes. It's kind of scary, and that's probably why people don't like to look at preachers sometimes. And <laughs> they don't make eye contact with you. <laughs> and, uh, I can see in this place that there's people that think very low of themselves. It's time for that to change. And I could, I, could, I, could, I could stand here for the next hour telling you what I think of you or who you are. And, and you could hear my voice. But you know what you need? You need to hear God's voice. Simply put, you need to encounter God. You need his presence. You know, I was 16 years old. And for three years, from, from 13 to 16, I struggled with serious low self-esteem. Because I, I overheard my friends talking about me. And they were saying some pretty nasty stuff. And I believed a lie from someone else's mouth. And I dwelt on it so much that I, I would cry myself to sleep. I just thought, I'm worthless. I'm nobody. And, you, and, and my pastor would try to talk me out of it. My friend would try to talk me out of it. Like, the, no, you're not that. You, you, and they would, they would say all these encouraging, true, edifying words. But I had, I had a stronghold of low self-esteem that I built into my life because of my thoughts. You know what changed all that? 16 years old, I'm standing in Arkansas, of all places. Anything good can happen in Arkansas. It does. <laughs> like, <laughs> at a YWAM base, <laughs> Youth with a Mission, on my first mission trip, we're training in Arkansas. And I'm in this building, and uh, we're doing like this, uh, this worship time. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came on me, and, and God spoke to me. And, and he began to show me some things about myself that wrecked my life. And, and it was like my, my mind began to change at that moment. Why? Because I heard God's voice. For years, Others' voices were trying to build me up and get me out of it. But I hear God's voice once in one instant, and it all changes. And my mindset began to change. I still had to take control of my thoughts because my thoughts, man, they try to condemn me. And I still had to captivate them, but it all started to change right then. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm on this uphill path into victory. And you know what? Tonight... You don't need to hear more from me or anyone else about who you are. You know, like, we don't have to, like, tell each other, like, you're a wonderful person. And, and you, like, you, you just have so many gifts. And, like, I love the way you dress. And, and it's like your smile is so beautiful. And I love the way you play piano. And it's just like you're, like, so gifted at art. And, and you just, you're just really, like, a, a likable person. And I could just, like, be around you and laugh. Like, you don't need to hear from each other. You know, you need to hear from God. And if you're struggling with condemnation tonight and low self-esteem or like feelings, maybe they came a thought or a word that was spoken into your life from someone else or even yourself. Tonight we have to say enough is enough. And we're breaking the chains. 
because he broke the chains. The chains are broken of slavery. We're going to walk in victory. And maybe it was your father that spoke something over you. Maybe it was your mom that spoke something over you, even in a moment of anger. But you let their words tear you apart and you let their words hurt you. Maybe it was a friend that you heard or maybe it was your own thoughts that you're believing right now. That's all got to change. It's time for us to change the way we think and begin to think like, like uh, saved warriors, like renewed people. Like begin to think like God's people instead of like slaves. We're no longer slaves, young people. We have been rescued from Egypt. We are more than conquerors. So I want you to just close your eyes and uh, let's, uh, let's uh, just take a moment here tonight. And uh, if, you, uh, if you've been struggling with, you know, as I'm talking tonight, if you've been struggling with like thoughts of condemnation uh, or thoughts of worthlessness or, or thoughts of I'm not good enough or I don't have what it takes, I just want you to lift up your hands. I want to pray that, that God would be in this place and that, that he, would, uh, he would encounter you, that you would encounter him and, and that you would hear his thoughts. So I just want you to lift up your hands because I think that God wants to rescue us out of this place of, uh, being enslaved by our own thoughts or, or words that were spoken over someone else. So, Father, I ask you tonight for these young people in this place. Lord, you see our hearts, you see our minds, you know our thoughts before we think them. And, Lord, you see where we are struggling and we're trapped by things. And I ask you that you would begin to break those things. I ask you that a freedom would come into our lives that we would no longer be entrapped and enslaved, but we would walk as victorious people in your presence. God, I ask you that you would begin to move. Lord, the same way that a word was spoken over us, a word of condemnation or a word of worthlessness was spoken over us and we believed it. Lord, I ask you that a word would be released over these lives, a word of life, a word of purpose, a word of hope, a word of joy. Lord, I ask you for the word of the Lord to be released into these lives. God, that we would hear your voice, that we would know your presence. I ask you, God, that you would begin to release your word and that it would run swiftly into this generation. Lord, I ask you that you would, begin to, you would begin to speak to us, that you would begin to give us ears that hear you and, and hearts that understand. God, I ask you that you would invade our minds with your thoughts. God, we want to have minds that are fully surrendered to you, minds that are thinking thoughts of, of the kingdom rather than thoughts of condemnation. Lord, I ask you that you would begin to renew our minds, renovate us, God, renew us inside, renovate us inside. We give you permission to mess with our thoughts. We ask you, God, that our thoughts would begin to change. I ask you, God, for a grace and a strength to come into every life here. I ask you, God, for these young people, that they would not be controlled by their thoughts, but that they would control their thoughts. I ask you, God, for a strength to walk in victory. I ask you that you would begin to raise up Joshua's and Caleb's and David's and Esther's in this day. I ask you, God, that you would begin to raise up a generation of warriors that don't walk around saying we are nothing, we are grasshoppers, but God, that we would begin to say we are more than conquerors. We are victorious in our God. We are victorious in our God. Lord, I ask you that you would begin to do a work in our lives that would transform us from the inside out. I ask you that you would begin to work in our minds. Lord, right now, 
in the name of Jesus as one of the authorities in this valley agreeing with the other pastors in this room. We condemn the voice of condemnation in the name of Jesus. Right now in this place, we break off every thought of condemnation in the name of Jesus. Every worthless word, every word and every lie, we condemn you and bind you in Jesus' name. We speak to every voice of lie. We say, be shut in the name of Jesus. We speak to every lie and we tear it down in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you for a release of truth, a loosing of truth in the name of Jesus into every heart and mind in this place. God, we ask you that you would release your word and loose your truth over our lives. I ask you, God, for an outpouring and a release of your word. God, we ask you that your word would not be rare in these days, but your word would be heard, and that your word would run swiftly and be known. God, our source comes from you. You alone have the words of eternal life. So we ask you for your eternal words, your life words to be poured out. Lord, I thank you that when you set us free, we are free indeed. And I want to thank you, God, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of life that is in you has set us free from the law of sin and death. God, I want to thank you that in this place tonight, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to worthlessness. Lord, I thank you that we are now free because you set us free. Lord, I thank you that we have a destiny and a purpose in you. And tonight, God, with intentionality, we say we will walk in what you have for us. We will walk in the purposes you've called us to. God, we will be more than conquerors. We will preach the gospel of Jesus. We will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Lord, we say with intentionality tonight, we will walk in your freedom. And we thank you, God, that you created us for this purpose and you died for us so we could be the head and not the tail. Lord, we want to thank you that you freed us from a life of sin and you've brought us into a good land, into a good purpose. We bless you tonight, God, and we thank you. And God, I ask you that as we leave this place, as we go about our day tomorrow, I ask you, God, for a strength in our minds, a strength in our thought life to come on us. Lord, one word from you, that's all we need. One word from you and our lives are changed. So God, I ask you for anyone that's struggling, I ask you that you would speak one word, one touch, one encounter, God. Every voice of condemnation, we condemn you in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you for a release of truth and life in this place. We want to know your thoughts. We want to know your ways and we want to know your kingdom. I feel like there's one more thing we need to do and I just want you to keep your eyes closed. Some people in this room have low self-esteem and you think that you're worthless because you heard someone else's thoughts. Maybe you heard your own. It's something that we need to do tonight. It's called forgiveness. And so uh, if you uh, if you have someone that's hurt you or damaged you or said something to you that's really hurt you, I'm just going to pray real simple. 
and you can make it your own prayer. But this thing, forgiveness, man, it's powerful. It's like a releasing of a burden and a hurt. So you just pray this way. Father, you see how my friend, you see how my mom, you see how my dad hurt me. Lord, you see how I'm hurt, torn up inside. Lord, you know what happened. God, I ask you that you would heal me. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I forgive them. I forgive them for every word they said. I forgive them for that voice of condemnation. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I release them in Jesus' name from any guilt, from anything. I release them in the name of Jesus. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I forgive my mom in Jesus' name for saying that about me. I forgive my dad in Jesus' name for not making me feel loved. I forgive my friends for making fun of me. In the name of Jesus, I release them. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I release the the guilt. I release the hurt. I release the bitterness. I kick it out of my life, and I forgive them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you that you would fully restore, renew, and renovate my heart. I ask you, God, that you would begin to work in the depths of me and that you would begin to clean out, build up, and restore me. Lord, I ask you that you would renew me in my mind and in my heart where I've been torn up, where I've been beat down, where I feel so worthless. God, I ask you, I turn to you tonight because you alone have the words that can change me and build me. And I ask you that you would begin to move in the depths of my heart, the secret places of my life, that you would begin to restore me to a place of living victorious. God, I ask you that you would restore and renew a right spirit within me because God, my spirit feels so beat up, so beat down. I ask you that you would renew a right spirit inside of me. I ask you for help tonight and grace tonight and I approach boldly tonight. Come and have your way. I need you. That's a prayer you want to pray, young people. encourage you to begin to meditate on the scripture, begin to meditate on testimonies, begin to meditate on who God says you are, begin to meditate on on, on things like how God will take nobodies and use them for great things. Begin to meditate on that. Begin to think about that. What are you what are your thoughts? What are you dwelling on? Begin to think God's thoughts. Begin to think differently. I'm telling you, there's, it affects so much of our lives. We can't let any thought that's less than God's thoughts affect our lives. See, that's the problem with media magazines and movies they're saying this is what you have to look like this is what you have to act like this is what you have to be like that's so less than what God says 
because God says, I created you in my image. Hear these words, I created you in my image. Yeah, but my dad says, I, I, I'm not good enough. No, 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 I created you in my image. Hear the voice of dad, the father. I created you in my image. Yeah, but my mom says, I'm, I'm gonna make a lousy husband someday. No, no, listen to the voice of the husband. Listen to the voice of God, the husband. I created you in my image. You say, oh, well, I, I, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not a good kid. I'm, I, my mom says I'm a like the worst kid that she ever had. Now listen to the, to, the, to the voice of the only son of God, the child of God. You are his child, and he created you in his image. What are you thinking about? God wants you to think this way. I am in the image of the creator. Does that mean you're perfect? No, but it means you're on a path away from Egypt and slavery into a path of victory. Does that mean you're perfect? Not at all but you're being transformed and you're walking towards victory and you're walking in victory and you're inhabiting destiny. We're not talking about perfection, young people. We're talking about transformation. So I want to encourage you as, as, as you go about your day tomorrow, watch your thoughts. Like pay attention to your mind. Don't let it just run wild. Control it. Take your thoughts captive. Use, use, use wep- a weapon. The weapon of our warfare is mighty in God for the taking of our thoughts, t- for taking thoughts captive. Here's what the weapon is. This right here, the sword of the spirit, is part of the weapon. And the other weapon is called confession. You know what you need to do? You need to begin to confess this over your life. Take your thoughts captive. Get violent. Begin to meditate and confess. Father, I ask you for your blessing to be on this generation and these young people. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. Lord, I ask you for a seal on any work that you're doing. I ask you that you would seal us with your spirit, that you would seal us with your presence. God, I ask you that you would continue to work in our hearts and in our minds, that you would continue to move among us. God, I ask you for those that are healing. I ask you for the work of healing to continue. God, that you would lead them, anyone that's hurting, I ask that you would lead them beside still waters into green pastures where they can rest and heal. Lord, I ask you for anyone that's that's dealing with condemnation, I ask you for a freedom like they've never experienced to come into their lives. For anyone that's dealing with low self-esteem, I ask you that your word and your voice would be heard by them clearly. God, I ask you that you would even interrupt our, our night and give us dreams, interrupt our thought life. God, I ask you for kingdom thoughts, kingdom ideas to begin to invade our mind. We surrender our minds to you tonight. We surrender our lives. We surrender our hearts to you. We say, come and have your way. In Jesus' name.